Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. It is October 31st, 2022, and it is episode 161. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. It is a beautiful dress-up day at the office for us, or the, the separate offices for us, but all the same. My name is Julian. I'm here in Brooklyn, as always. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? How you doing? Dude, we're doing well. This is one of my favorite holidays of the year. I have not sent out my chain text yet, so if you haven't, I've been gotten waiting that, for it. If you haven't gotten that, don't worry. It's getting it. It, it it's got it's got to marinate. It's it's a whole thing, but that will be going out at some point. I put in an early morning request for that. I it, still haven't gotten it. It's not how that works. It's not on demand. It, it, these things take time, but we're here today, and we're gonna go over. A little bit of a themed episode today, and we're going to go over things in sports currently that we find scary. They could be scary good. They could be scary bad, but that is what we're going to be going over today for the, you know, for the festivities, for the festivities. Um, do you want to start it off? Yeah, I'll start us off. Okay. Um, this one's as recent as we can get last night sunday night football you got packers and bills came coming into this week we said this is going to be a really big test for the packers considering they've just been losing to not great teams well they played the bills and they get waxed yeah and now with (laughs) nine games left in the season they got two easy easy games and I'm scared for them because this might be the worst Packer team that we've had in a while. And Aaron Rodgers, sheesh, this is a spooky season for you. Spooky season. Because, damn, you're three and five right now, and it's not looking hot for the boys. So They're, they're four games back of the Vikings in the win column. I don't know if I've ever said that sentence. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been able to say that. And yeah, we we kind of we kind of ripped into the Packers last week, and I fully expected them to lose. Um, they didn't really put up much of a fight either. I know the game score says it was ten, but that last seven was garbage time. The second half of this game was garbage time. The whole half, was just over. <sighs> and then you got Jair Alexander and Stephon Diggs. Going back and forth with each other, coming out of the tunnel, and then the post game interview with Jair was just as bad as it can get for a team who just got whacked. I actually didn't see that. What did, what did he say? I didn't see that. Uh, pretty much he said that he told uh, Stefan that he's a little boy and that he ain't gonna do nothing. And then Stefan came out later and said, "I don't give an f what you got to say. We got the win." So yeah. And he put up 100, 100 plus yards. So. It's not even like Diggs has never cooked Jair. He's done it quite a bit when he was with the Vikings. So that's that's an odd one. Yeah. Also, like, I think it was in like halfway through the fourth quarter. I didn't watch this game, but I did see the clip of Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and somebody else on the sideline while they're down seventeen, just like giggling and laughing and having a good time which you're allowed to have fun it's a kid's game you're allowed to have fun you're getting paid to play football i'm not mad at you for for having fun but like this is the worst stretch like of aaron Rodgers' career maybe and he's just ah, ha, he, he, ha, ha. it's okay we came in on a, a big game and got our ass kicked but it's fun because we're 
We're fun. We're fun-loving guys. Shut up. Do better. I'm, I'm never okay with guys just being happy-go-lucky on the sideline when they're losing. I guess it's a kid's game, but you are getting paid a lot of money for this. And you got a lot of fans that are very invested in every way, shape, and form into this team, whatever team it may be. And then you got your star players that are just seeming like they're okay with that, getting they don't waxed. Care, yeah. So it's like, come on, man. It's also different with football, right? Like, you're a you're kind of allowed to do that in the NBA, in the MLB. There's so many games that, like, if you're getting your butt kicked, like, what am I going to be sad the whole day because we lost like, a random Tuesday game to the <laughs> to the A's? No, like, after no. you after you leave the field, do whatever. No, but, like even, while, even during while the game, even during it, like in a big season like that, I'm not gonna, you know. I, if somebody says a joke, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to still joke with my teammates during it because there's, like, building opportunities. But football is a little different. There's only 17 games. This is a, on national television. Everybody's watching. It's two of the best fans in, in the sport. Yeah. And, you know. And, and there's definitely a time and place. Like, this is prime time of a contending team that you're going against. You should be a contender. Like, yeah. reel it back a little bit. Yeah. It, it's accurate. Like, like if you're the and it's not like it's their first loss either. Like they no. this is four in a row now. Yeah. So they, they and are, it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. No, they're this this is absolutely something to be scared of. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going the opposite direction for scary because I think it's going to be scary good. Christian McCaffrey on the 49ers. I mean, this was obvious when the trade happened, right? That this was going to work out. But this week he has a hundred yards on the ground and a touchdown. He has 55 yards in the air and a touchdown. He has 34 yards throwing in the air in a touchdown on a, a dime that he threw to, I think it was Brandon Ayuk. And they put it on the Rams. And the Rams are struggling, and they have their own issues that they got to deal with. But the 49ers' offense was already crazy dynamic, and now they have maybe the best playmaker in the sport on their team. And that is, um, I'm, I'm spooked. I'm thoroughly spooked. <laughs> Spooktober. Spooktober. Yeah, man. It, what a pickup for them. I can't what a absolute... I can't believe that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those that in a couple of years we're gonna look back on it and just be like, Damn. wow. We'll look we'll look back on it and forget it happened because they're not gonna win a ring still, but like <laughs> the yeah. lights will go out on this team. Don't worry. But at least CMC gets to shine, hopefully. Hopefully. And stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. If we can get that, W trade. Yeah. W trade. Please. Um, I'm staying on the same route as you for scary good. The Seahawks, man. (laughs) We we said this last night. At what point do we consider them actually good? At what point? Like... We are moving into scary territory to really consider them good. <laughs> you want you want to hear a list involving the Seahawks? Uh, I love lists. You love lists. All right. The Seahawks have a better record than the Bengals, who just came off a Super Bowl. The Browns, who are, are not doing great this year, admittedly. Admittedly. I hate the that that's a primetime game tonight, but... The Packers, the Saints, the Bucks, the Super Bowl champion Rams, the 49ers, 
and the new Russell Wilson Denver Broncos. They are of a better record than all of those teams. And I think every one of those teams I just listed before the season, you probably would be like, yeah, they're a playoff team. Maybe besides the Browns, but like, I didn't think the Browns were going to be this bad. Holy hell, or hey, terrible. But no, I didn't either. But they're better than all those teams right now. And I mean, the way they're doing it is pretty interesting, too. I think they have the second highest scoring offense in the league, if I'm not mistaken. I just took a quick glance. They do. The only team that scored more than them this season is the Chiefs. That's it. Fair enough. That's <laughs> it. Not the Bills. Not the Falcons, who have actually scored a lot as well. Not the Ravens, who feel like they're on like a historic offense, especially for their organization. They have been scoring at such a high clip. And Geno's looked good. The run game has been amazing, no matter who it's been. Rashad Penny was good to start the year. Now it's Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker looks dynamic. And um, I did see a quote literally right before we started recording. I'll see if it's still on my Twitter. Like, it was that recent. Uh, it's not. It was uh, Tyler Lockett had a quote after the game, and he said, it's crazy what you can do when one person is not trying to take all the credit. And it's like, bro. They are dragging Russell Wilson. Damn. Dragging this man. They hated him. They hated him. The timeline of Russ has just been wild to see. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody, like, except for people within the circle, would have, like, had any thought of this happening. Why would we, right? There's no reason to. No reason. So, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I did mention the Falcons, and I want to mention how scary bad that division is. The NFC South, if if the Panthers kicker had a brain and a foot and a, and a working leg and he hit either of the kicks that could have won them the game, we would have had a three and five division leader in the Carolina Panthers who are <laughs> literally tanking. They are literally tanking. They are attempting and doing their best to lose games, which we saw yesterday. It took them their best to lose that game. But MVPJ wants dubs. MVPJ, yes, sir. (laughs) And uh, the Falcons wind up winning it. But, man, that division sucks. And the craziest part is they suck, and this is after the Saints 24-0 24-0 skunked the Raiders yesterday. And I'm still just like, get this garbage division out of my face. The Washington Commanders would be in first place in this division. <laughs> that's that's the tweet. That's the notion. That's the narrative. And and moving to that, that division, the NFC East and the AFC East are just both really scary right now as well. Where... Both of them are the two best divisions in each conference when you look at uh, everybody in it. I mean, even the bottom-end teams, Washington, they go ahead and get a win over the Packers. New I think England. the Patriots are pretty good, too. I don't think they're actually full. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. So, you look at it across the board. I mean, obviously, you're led with Buffalo and, and uh, Philadelphia. where Those are the two best two the teams best. in the league. Yeah, those are the two best yeah. teams in the league. And then... You add the, the middle of the pack dogs in there, too. We we got some scary stuff coming out of the East, which I don't think anybody would have thought either. 
yeah. seeing this is just wild. Like coming into this year, Buffalo is going to be good. Okay, cool. Philly might be good. Okay, cool. That's kind of I think I that think, was the I only shot fire. We expected Dallas to be worse, even. I literally expected Dallas's defense to be like a good chunk worse, but they just crazy. It is what it is. It do be what it do be. I'm trying to think of who else is scary in in a regard. Um, Especially in in the NFL. I don't feel like I have too many other takes that we haven't talked about in general. Um, I think the Vikings' ability to win close games is scary. Um, Yeah. Pretty much all their games have been pretty close for the most part. And they've just won them, whether it's big picks, big sacks at the end of the game, big drives led by Kirk. They've kind of done it in every way. And that's scary because you don't want to face them in a close game now because he's just like, oh, well, we're <laughs> going to lose this. It's a close game. Damn it. Like, you better blow them out. And that's probably not going to happen. And they're sure as the hell not going to blow you out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I got- I don't know too well. I think the Cowboys defense is pretty crazy. Although they gave up a lot of points this week, it was kind of just they were beating the hell out of the Bears, and so they're letting off a little bit, playing a little soft coverage. But they look really good. I got a question for you if this one's scary. Okay. Now that the divorce has been finalized and all, all all the stuff attached to it is gone, the papers have been signed, you don't got to worry about it no more. That's true. Is it time to be scared of Tom Brady for the second half? I know the Bucks have been atrocious to start the season. Mm-hmm. We still got a lot of football left, mm-hmm. and the division could easily be the, be theirs. Mm-hmm. It will be theirs. Like it I know, this all looks like hoopla it, right it, now. It'll be theirs. They'll win this. It'll division. be theirs. They'll win this division. But in in the grand scheme of of this season, is it time for scary Tom? Um, I don't think so because the issues that they have don't involve Tom. I, I actually, I made a call to Connor earlier this week. So Connor, if you're listening, uh, you're, you're hearing this again. Um, I was, I was, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous sentence ever. I was out, I was eating sushi. I just went and got sushi by myself, ate at the restaurant. I was vibing and I wanted to do something. So I put on some like bucks film because i'm like why are they so bad because i haven't like sat and fully watched the bucks game this year outside of uh one of the prime times that they had i watched a a chunk of the thursday game on my phone but like i I didn't really get to watch that either so i'm like why are the bucks so bad and i'm watching and i'm like tom's actually not been horrible like tom's actually been pretty good tom's made some of the better throws i've seen from him but the receivers obviously have had injuries and yeah. there's a suspension and they went and got Julio Jones. Great. And the main issue for this team is the O-line is legitimately useless <laughs> because typically O-lines in football are either good in general. They're good at pass protection. They're good at run protection or they, or they suck. Like yeah. It's one Pick pick a demon. They're horrible. Like they're not even like passable for a run offense right now. They have the worst rushing attack in the league next to the Rams, which is a weird sentence. Uh, Leonard Fournette's just like he was never fast enough to like make his own gaps. 
Like he was, he needed a gap, and then he could break tackles when he gets through it. Yeah, he's always been a power back. Yeah, so he's he's not like a guy who's gonna create offense just on his own. He needs holes in in the O line, and they are just not providing it for him. Tom has no time in the pocket. And then when he gets time in the pocket, he has Russell Gage as wide receiver, too. And let me tell you something about Russell Gage. No disrespect. <laughs> you stink. Holy. I've never seen, like, a professional wide receiver just refuse to run a route properly. It's, it's, it blows my mind. And so, you, you know, you couple those things together. <laughs> no time in the pocket. Nobody to throw it to. And you can't get a rushing game going. And you have one of the worst offenses that this league has. And it shows. I think they're second to worst in the league in points scored. No, they're third. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> and, yeah, the no time in the pocket and you're losing the step because you're 70 years old, not a good mix. <laughs> it's not good, bro. I'm, I'm, not <laughs> not super, a, not. I'm not scared of the Bucks strictly because of that. Like, teams that win – Win because of O line, win because of D line, and then win because quarterback. Like it's kind of that order, right? That's just how yeah. it goes. When the when the Eagles won a couple years ago, Nick Foles had all day. These are professional quarterbacks. Like if you're if you're good enough to be a starter and you have seven seconds in the pocket, you're gonna make plays happen. You're just, you're just going oh, to, of course, un- unless you're like actually the worst. And I can't even think of somebody who would do that. Who's so bad that if they had the best O-line, it would still suck? Whoever, like, Dallas's backup, like, two years ago was. I couldn't, couldn't even tell you that. I think it was Andy <laughs> Dalton. He was pretty horrible. He's actually looking not bad in New Orleans, which is kind of crazy. But Brock Osweiler couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Baker right now. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a handful of guys, but the, the Bucks have a, a lot of issues that they – no, absolutely. That they can't address either. It's not like you can just they can go get Odell, but it doesn't solve the bad O line. So No. Which I don't even know how good Odell's gonna be. I think Odell will be fine. Like I'm not mad at any team who adds him. Like that's still a weapon. But like a team that gets Odell, they're not Ooh, it's gonna be scary Odell's to this offense now, like it was last year. He's been out for he hasn't played football in what 10 months now and even before that he didn't play football for like 10 months and then when he came back he was good but at his best last year he was like a top 30 wide receiver now with 10 months removed after a leg injury what is he going to be a top 50 receiver is he going to be marginally better than like tyler boyd like how much does that bring to an offense i don't know i think it's wise plenty but like yeah i think it's a good weapon to have in your back pocket like it's it's not. You're I don't think it's a Super Bowl him. winning move. Um, I don't know. Because I mean, he's not better than like half the league's number threes at this point. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. He's been away from the game for too long. I don't know if that affects Odell too much though. Because at the end of the day, you simplify it, Odell. You give him the route to run, you get him the ball. As simple as that. I mean, is I don't, that, I don't, isn't that just wide receiver? <laughs> is, no, is I, just, no. Isn't that I, just the position feel, of wide I receiver? Feel that, I feel that, but there's wide receivers who that's their job and they can't do it. But he hasn't done it. When's the last time Odell had more than like 700 yards? 
he hasn't been on the field. And then when he was on the field, he was with Cleveland. See what I'm saying? Like, so, and and that that's why it's tough to like really gauge because we haven't really seen him. So it's really hard. But like, so does it? But does it have to be sunny outside with slight wind going northwest <laughs> while the daisies are out? <laughs> like, if, if it has to be that way, then. Like, yeah. why? And the example I always like to give is, like, Allen Robinson, right? Like, Allen Robinson, obviously he's not having a great year this year, but the Rams just kind of are struggling in general. Allen Robinson's yeah. put together a pretty darn good career. And prior to this season, his best quarterback was, I almost said Blaine Gabbert, and it might be Blaine Gabbert. It's Blaine Gabbert or Blake Bortles. That's his best quarterback he's ever played with. Yeah. And he's put together a pretty good career. Like, it doesn't need to be sunshine and rainbows for a wide receiver to be good. No, no. Terry at all. McLaurin's balling. Yeah. Terry McLaurin's literally had eight QBs throw him the ball in his first four years. Sometimes you just got that dog in you. I don't yeah. know what to say. <laughs> so, all that to say, I used to love Odell. I still do like Odell. I think he's fine. I don't even know how we transitioned there. It was me. I did it. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> oh, I did it, but we did it. We we always manage to do something weird. That's that works for me. That works for me. That's what you get over here at the spectators. It's it's pretty nice. Something scary. I'm switching sports because I'm mad. Yeah. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm mad. It is scary, and yes, this is a slander moment. How Uh-oh. the MLB refuses to care that the Astros continue to cheat. In every single way imaginable. They just find a way. They win a World Series. They get they get busted for cheating and stealing signs. And it's it's known. Half the team doesn't apologize for it. Half the team make fun of it. Now that people like yell at them, they're like, oh well, we still got one. It's like, oh brother. And they don't nobody gets suspended. Nobody gets anything. Michael Pineda got suspended more games for having sweat-infused tack on his neck one time than the entire team did for cheating their way to a World Series. And then, what an elaborate, elaborate ploy <laughs> to make it happen, too. Crazy. They're banging on track, whatever. So then they come into this one. Everybody's kind of in the consensus that, like, well, that's in the past. They're not doing that anymore. Maybe they're finding another way, but, like, Whatever. Then game one of the World Series happens. Martin Maldonado's using an illegal bat. No, it's not a bat that's helpful for performance. The bat was banned because it had like a splintering issue from what I understand. So it was like a player safety thing. If something is illegal because there's player safety involved, do not grandfather players in like they did. They let people who use this bat continue to use it like Albert Pujols. Martin Maldonado was not one of those guys. He was not grandfathered in. He didn't use this bat. He got past team management, player management, the the equipment team. None of them said anything about him using an illegal bat. He gets a hit and an RBI in this game. They wind up losing, but he gets a hit and an RBI in this game. Nothing happens. He just, you know, used something illegal, but like, oh, it wasn't for baseball purposes that it was illegal. It's illegal. This team, oh, they cheat. They do this, and we just don't care. The next day, Framber Valdez is on the mound. 
This dude changes gloves in between the innings. He changes cleats in between innings, which is already which is weird. weird. Which is already weird. When weird. you're a pitcher, you don't change gloves. That just doesn't happen. And then in between every pitch, he's taking his glove off and rubbing his other hand, rubbing the inside of the glove. Rubbing on the side of his jersey. I'm going like this. If you rubbed your jersey, if you go get rosin, I get it because, like, you're drying your hand. What, what are you doing going into your glove for besides getting something? And then every inning, he goes back to the dugout, and he wipes his hands, both his hands on his hair, wipes it on his pants, goes to the ump, they check him. Come on, bro. Come on, man. And it's like, well, you guys haven't been watching Frambers. Because I, I went on Twitter about this, too, and our buddy was telling us this as well. But I saw a lot of, like, Astros Twitter, and they're like, he does this every every outing. Like, if you guys haven't said anything now, then what do you mean? This is the biggest stage. Nobody cares about you guys playing the A's. Your division's horrible. You're the worst division in the sport. Nobody's watching the regular season Framber <laughs> Valdez starts. He also broke the record this year, or tied it. For the most consecutive quality starts. This guy. That we have like pretty. Reasonable evidence to think he's cheating. It's ridiculous because it's all there. It, it looks as suspect as it could possibly be. And there's times where. They checked uh, Joe Musgrove's ears. Because they had a little color on them. Because they were red. During the NLDS. Yeah. And you're telling me what video evidence we can't, like, check a little bit deeper for the guy who's over here just going crazy, touching himself every which way and rubbing his hands, looking mad suspect, changing his gloves, changing his cleats. Why? It's not like this is the NBA where you want some different shoes coming into the second half because you want a little more shot on the box. Yeah, like, nah, yeah. you're pitching good. Why are you changing your stuff? That's weird. Weird. That's weird, bro. And, again, this is the World Series, and everybody's watching it with a team that's already been at the forefront of scandals. So let's uh, figure this out. I'm not too worried about The thing is, the MLB doesn't care. They don't care. They don't. They don't care. Because this is their moneymaker right now. The Astros are their moneymaker. They're they're the top dog in the league. They're there every single year. This is what people want. It gets people talking. It gets people watching. They want want people to hate the Astros. They want people to hate the end. Cool. That's fine. You want them to hate them more? Go investigate. And And look, if if, if they come out and say nothing happened... Whatever. Cool. Well, like, what are you going to do now? Yeah. Now he's going to clean himself up. You're not going to find nothing. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Now, I'm excited to see if he does get the pitch again in this series. I don't know if he will. He might not. If the Phillies went out or the Astros went out, he might not. But if he gets the pitch again, we'll see. When would he pitch, like, game six? I think he would pitch game six. Game six, okay. It would make sense. Yeah. So, we'll see how that goes. If he does pitch again, if he's still doing these mannerisms, if he's still switching his gloves, if he's if his spin rate is up, if his spin rate's down, we'll see. Maybe he's just better. I don't know. But it's a lot of suspicious stuff for a whole lot of, like, not caring. 
And um, I hate the MLB for that. Yeah. It's really annoying. It's just so weird how in a league can just not care about something. What a specific team. And just let them get off the hook every time. Yeah, it's wild. It's like genuinely mind-boggling. I don't get it. I, I never will. I never will. <laughs> but regardless of that, um, I think it's going to be a scary time in Philly for uh, Astros. I think they end up actually losing two out of three. I don't know. I like I like where the head's at, but tonight they're playing Noah Syndergaard, right? Or is it tonight? I think it's tonight. Um, they're playing Noah Syndergaard, and if there's anything the Astros do well, it's hit fastballs, and Syndergaard has, like, a fastball and a slider, and that's kind of it. Like, he, he throws yeah. some other pitches, but not, like, they're not as good as those two. Um, I think they're going to touch up with Syndergaard. He'll be out of this game quick. That's I don't like fine. that he's starting game three. I know no. Suarez needs some rest because he pitched in game one, but I don't like it. I don't like it at no. all. I don't know. I'm scared for the Phillies. I'm scared for the Phillies. I did see there's a um, a Japanese player, I believe, and he just won MVP. And he put up a career year. He walked off the, the World Series. And he wants to come to the MLB, and he wants to go to the Phillies, allegedly, because Bryce Harper is his idol. Amazing. So, that'd be kind of cool. He had a career, I'm trying to remember, I saw this earlier, I think it was a career 321 average, four, he had a four like 40 on base percentage, and this year he put up a 1 dot OPS with a 202 WRC+. plus. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Lefty bat. You know what I'm saying? So, just something to note for for next season. That the Phillies might be getting better. They should be getting better. They should be. They should be. Despite them being in the World Series, winning only 86 games, you need to improve the team moving forward. You just, you just and, and that's the thing. Just because you're in the World Series, like, you're the best team right now, but that doesn't mean... You're the best team. Yeah. You you get hot towards the end of the year. You make yeah, a run. They, they cool. certainly did get hot. You make a run. It certainly is. <laughs> you you can't rely on a run every year. At all. <laughs> At all. Unless you're <laughs> unless you're the Giants in the the early 2010s relying on the even years. That that was reliable. That was reliable. They went three straight even years. Even that, like they no they had some dogs, thing. they had some dogs on the team, and they made they made plays. They that, did. That's what you need. Buster Posey was really good. They forget. They forget about Buster. Um, I don't have a whole lot of NBA stuff to talk about besides the fact that like a couple teams I thought were gonna tank are doing well. The Spurs are the youngest team in the league. The Spurs are younger than like twelve college teams, five and two. Also, they cut uh Joshua. This is Joshua or Jonathan? I don't remember. They they cut Primo, and because this man Primo, he was their twelfth overall pick a couple of years back, is out here just 
pulling his meat out in front of people. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. That's scary. Put that away. <laughs> That's very scary. Put you that away, bro. Down. Like dog. Like, and you're only you're only nineteen doing that. I saw people like defending him. He's like, he's only nineteen, bro. You know There's better. At, you know better when you're twelve to not like pull your pants down in public. Twelve years yeah, old. That's a problem. You can't just be throwing out the pickle to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This isn't the Portland Pickles Twitter account where you're a mascot. It's just a green blob that you can post fake pics like this. This is not. And, and, and look, if he if he did that on Twitter, fair enough. Twitter's a wild it's, land. It's a wild land. Uh, you're doing it at the office. It's just <laughs> nah, dog. She's just you, trying you to. Gotta, you got to put it away. Well, you he's he away. is certainly put away, and he is cut. And good riddance. Jeez. <laughs> Shout out to the Spurs for a little integrity on that one. It was like, hey, get out of here, bro. Yeah. Um, a scary thing. You had um what I called two of the best eight seeds last year to be uh drastically mistaken to be two very bad teams <laughs> come yeah, playoff time. Yeah. But yeah. um <laughs> the Nets and the Lakers are looking dangerously scary right now at one and five. Yeah, two two combined wins. It took last night like a Herculean effort from the Lakers to get that first win. Um, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Kevin Durant is the biggest loser on the beach. Katie, I hope you're listening to this. You love listening to random podcasts and talking shit. Go ahead and at me. Because guess what? You're about two feet taller than me. And you still a whole two feet more of a bitch than I ever will be. Okay? You make all this damn money. You talk about how you're the best player in the world. You get disrespected. I should have a 99 and 2K. Bro, shut up. Go on the court and win some games. I don't care if you score 18 points a game and you win. Just do it. Instead, you're over here trying to score 35 a game to prove something to somebody. To prove something to some. Dude named Austin behind a keyboard that you'll never see his Twitter avatars, his real picture, because he got a damn Lakers logo for it. A bad edit of a Lakers for no, in fact. And he's talking shit. You want to prove him wrong? Bro, win some <laughs> damn games. I hate Katie, I got as you know. I hate Katie. 32 points per game, one in five. Yeah. Good job, dude. Awesome. It's, uh, You're it's letting Dame out. You. You're letting Dame and the Blazers outplay you right now. Come on. Not what you want to see. We're uh, 29th in rebounds per game, too, which is wild. I will say they've had a tough schedule to this point. Like all the teams they've played besides the Pacers are playoff teams. But like, they just in are. basketball. I know, but in basketball. It's tough to say, oh, they've had a tough schedule to start the year. It's like you got two of the best players in the league. Starting out one and five is just ridiculous. And then Ben Simmons, whatever the hell he's doing. I don't know. <laughs> it's a whole different conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm not here for that. <laughs> like that, that's, uh, that's something scary in itself. Will it be scary good or scary bad? I don't know. Find out next week, but. That, that's a whole nother issue. 
And then yeah. all, we can stick with them for a second too. Scary bad. We're not going to get into the details of it, but um, just know that every day that passes, I hate Kyrie Irving a little bit more. Every single day. He could just wake up, go eat like some avocado toast, go put up some foul shots, go to bed. And I'll hate him a little bit more than I did the day before. And I hope you guys do too. I, dude, I, I feel really bad for you in particular and like Nets fans in general. Because Nets fans were given two really star-studded teams that like felt like they could do a lot. And then the first one just doesn't happen. That happens, right? Teams underperform. It doesn't work out. The team tried. And I can respect the Nets for always trying to be good. Then you get this one. And this one, in theory, is working. They're still here. It's been like three years. All the players are still here. They're making trades to try and make it happen. They're going and making free agencies. They're making good free agent moves, too, I feel like, at least. Mm-hmm. And instead of, like, it's just not working, now you get all this nonsense. You get you get yeah. the, the pettiest man in the league in KD. You get, you get the most misunderstood guy, Kyrie. I, ju- I just want to be me. Bro, shut up. You're weird. And then Ben Simmons has a problem. That boy's reeling from a breakup for years now, apparently. I don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. I'm not here yeah. to talk about Ben Simmons. But, yeah, I just feel bad for and Nets it, fans. And it, ju- like, it just sucks weird. because, like, I would – I'm not going to say, oh, I wish we never got KD and Kyrie. But it's like we go out and go try to add Harden to them. When we had a really nice core built around KD and Kyrie, where now we go get Harden, he jumped ship because he didn't like what was going on. Now we Which lose I can't the guys. Blame him. I can't blame him. No, I don't blame Harden at all. But like now we lose what we had, and now it feels like we're in a worse situation now than when they came to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, because you are. Because we the are. There were some young guys like. You had that D-Lo team that made the playoffs that were kind of spicy. They lost, like, one or two of those guys, obviously, in the KD deal and all that. And then you're like, okay, but they're still young guys. Like, you had Claxton and uh, uh, Jared Allen, and obviously Jared Allen's an all-star now. Chris LeVert, I could give or take for him, but he has his moments. He had 41 the other night. Karis LeVert on this team would be great. Jared Allen would be great. Dinwiddie would have been great. Having that right there on top of Joe Harris, you got Katie. Who's a you whole got... other conversation. That boy forgot how to yeah, go from one of the best shooters in a week. But that's a, that's a championship core right there. Yeah. I truly believe that. I really, really believe that. But now... And we get rid of a lot of pieces that we could have moved. What are we getting back now to revamp this team? Nothing. So now it's literally off of the backs of our three stars, which in theory, which in the, the NBA you have, can do. In the NBA, you can do exactly. That. And with the talent that we have with them alone, we should win a championship. Yeah. Do I believe that? No. <laughs> okay, well, I don't believe that at all. They're not winning it. They're not winning a championship. They're not going to win a division. I know the NBA doesn't care yeah. about divisions. They're not winning the division. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. So so it's just like, what are we doing out here? Because now, KD stays, Kyrie stays, cool. I love that. Nice. We managed to work something out in theory. Probably not. You guys probably still end up leaving at some point from a trade <laughs> or whatever. Regardless, now everything just gets prolonged. And now instead of 
it just ending right here, which I honestly would have rathered have. Like this this offseason? I would have rathered it happen I just so we could just close the chapter, put it behind us. move on, whatever happened, happened, cool. But now it's like everything's going to keep on getting dragged longer and longer. We're going to because we've it's going to get on such a bigger scale to a point where now. People are going to think it is the organization that's causing these problems, which or whatever it may be. Maybe it is. I don't think so. I think there's too many problematic people on this team. No, I don't I don't think so because you look at what we had, it's the same people, Sean Marks and Joe Tsai. They're really good. Like they've built a really good foundation with this team and somehow, somehow with everything you have to make a good foundation, we managed to like crumble the foundation. Mm. And and that's just not how you make championship organizations. That's so. hard, man. It, it's really hard to do in general. And again, I that's why the Warriors are so good. The that's, Warriors that's are why so what they good do is because crazy. they have a great foundation. Their foundation is one of the best in sports. I mean, you have to because, like, you know, you're able to convert guys, right? Andrew Wiggins, he had the weight of the world on his shoulder. Now he's just like a role player. He's like a, yeah. he's like a highly paid role player. Yeah. That starts. Yeah. Eddie vibes. He likes it. He won a championship. All, he's really good in the finals. Do. That's all you got to do. Now, Jordan Poole, that's a different conversation. I don't think he's that good. but I mean, but hey, when you could be around guys like he is, yeah. and you could just be above average, yeah. you're going to shine because they're going to put you in even better positions. And now you being above average, you're going even above that. So now you're great. It's kind of funny how we switch up on players sometimes. I know like Jordan Poole had a little stretch at the end of the season. People were like, yo, this guy's crazy. And then and then he goes in the playoffs and he was like pretty not great for a lot of it. He was really inefficient and he had moments, but he's pretty not great. Then it the all this offseason stuff and he wants his he really wants his extension over it's like, bro, shut up. <laughs> you don't deserve a max. Shut up. <laughs> he got a good bag yeah. though, so good for him. He got the bag. He got it. He definitely That's all you got can the ever bag. want. Yeah. Uh one more scary for me is gonna be just the the man that Luka Doncic has become. Uh, I, pu- I put a post out about him earlier this week because he had a like a 42-point triple-double. It was pretty crazy. Through six games, and it's only six games, but that's that's almost that's almost 10% of the season right there. Got a little 8% of the year. He's averaging 36.7 on 50% shooting. Nine board, nine and a half boards, eight and a half assists. 1.7 steals. He's shooting almost 80% from the foul line, which is pretty good. And he's doing all this, and he's not shooting well from three, like, at all. Like, if he stopped shooting threes, he'd be even <laughs> better. He'd, he's second in the league in uh, PER. He'd probably be first in the league in PER if he was shooting five threes instead of almost nine. He's yeah, my, boy, my boy's putting up a mean 22% from Yeah, three. it's not, not great. But... He is playing so well that I've had my doubts about Dallas for a while. Like every year Dallas comes in and I'm like, yeah, it's Luka. And then that's it because this team isn't very good. And I still feel that way. But Luka is that good that it might not matter. It's, it's LeBron type of like this guy could just put it on his back and ride. And um, I'm going to go ahead and say 
He's the best player in the league right now. Um, maybe not actually. It's probably still Giannis. I think Giannis has been the best player in the league for a while. Although Jokic is the two MVPs. Jokic is amazing as well. The top tier um, talent in the NBA is just wild. It's <laughs> crazy, and it's a lot of young guys are doing really well too. I know Jaws having a great year, and he had a lot of hate over the summer, but Jaws been amazing. Uh, SGA has been out of his mind so far. Um, Pascal Siakam has been really good. So there's some young guys. Devin, or not Devin, not Devin Booker. Devin Booker has been fine. But I'm never gonna praise him. De'Aaron Fox. I, I, thought, I thought you were about no, to. Also. No, 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 no. De'Aaron Fox has the been great. <laughs> De'Aaron Fox has been great. De'Aaron Fox is shooting almost forty percent from three. I'm befuddled, <laughs> stunned, <laughs> shocked. Super happy for him. I've I've yeah. I've slandered him in the past because I don't think his shooting was very good, but he's clearly put in some work for it. And if he's he's at thirty nine or thirty eight percent from three, the Kings are still gonna king. But like, he's you know, he's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, the Kings are pretty bad though. Still, <laughs> they're still pretty terrible. <laughs> Who would have thought? You have Who any thought? any any other ones before we head out of here? No, I think we covered pretty much everything. A lot of tirades. I apologize. I don't. I don't apologize at all. <laughs> Just to add to the tirades, if Luca could do it with the Mavericks, I don't understand why Katie and Kyrie can't do it with the Nets. That's what I'm saying. You know the you know the one TikTok thing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Eddie falls over. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Literally, bro. Didn't the Mavericks go to the conference final last year? The Mavericks? Jalen Brunson, Knicks legend, was the second best player Knicks on that team. Legend. Knicks legend. The best point guard in New York was the best point guard, second best player on that team. <laughs> We're done. Everybody, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great Halloween. Make sure you drink responsibly if you're going out to parties. If you're going trick-or-treating, I hope you get the best candy or trade for the best candy. You know, I hate Almond Joy. We always make good deals. I had the best bargaining chip. on. I had the best bargaining chip. Some people love that, but I didn't. So thank you guys again. We'll be back next Monday with more spectators content and if you don't already go ahead and follow us at spectators media on all the platforms we'll see you guys next week and uh peace